Hey, you guys. Before we get started with Out on the Lanai, I wanted to tell you a little story about Squarespace. If you've been to outonthelanai.com, you've probably noticed how fly it looks. Guess what? We built that mother. Outonthelanai.com was created using Squarespace, which has intuitive and easy-to-use tools. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. It is trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. It starts at $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial today. No credit cards required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, and let's be real, why wouldn't you? Make sure to use offer code LANAI, that's L-A-N-A-I, to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it golden. This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You've got style. Picture it. Los Angeles, 2016. I'm flying solo today. Carrie is on a golden assignment. And so, and this is a, actually a very special episode because not only do we have a very special previous guest and the person who largely can be credited with creating this podcast, which is weird to say, um, we'll explain, well, we don't really need to explain. We'll explain to Tim offline. But uh, she is here guest co-hosting for me and just sort of being a guest and being in the party because she's amazing. And it is just going to be one of those shows where we're just going to laugh and love and, and live. Um, the episode we watched today was, and mom makes three. It was season three, episode 20. And it originally aired February 20th, 1988. That was shortly after George H.W. Bush was sworn into office as president, and he will soon make an appearance on the Golden Girls. Not really, but sort of, in a couple of years. We'll get to that episode in about a year or two. Um, So, I'm going to introduce first my guest co-host for today. She has been on this podcast three times. You were at the live show, the first episode, and you were also at uh, just another episode that we did. Um, She introduced Carrie and I. She brought Carrie and I together, and she was like, you two need to do a Golden Girls podcast. And boom, shakalaka, it happened. Thank you. Everyone, Gabby Dunn. Thank you. Gabby, now you have Just Between Us. That's your web series, yes. which we all love and have seen. And you're also a YouTube icon and a millennial oh, dream. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Those were my joke introductions. I tried to do it. Yeah, I tried to work it in. Yeah, it was sweet. Just like LGBT internet icon, like LGBT whatever you want to do. Just like role model. Um, if it was, if it's true millennial icon, then you would be calling yourself a 
cis, non, whatever, yeah, right, like queer, exactly. like LGBTs, mm-hmm. very, very last You're generation. right. I need to be more specific with it. I'll get on Tumblr and figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got on Tumblr on the plane. I was flying yesterday and there was, the, I kid you not, like one of my friends reblogged a dick and like the woman behind me, she must have been maybe 60 something. She just saw a big old dick. Yeah. That's the problem. I had to mute all the porn stars that I follow on Twitter because yeah. I, it was too much. You open your phone and someone behind you sees something. My work computer. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I get it guys. Like I love it. Sex positivity, like free the nipple, whatever, but yeah. like on your own time. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know if I told you guys to do a podcast. I think I told you and Carrie yeah. that you both should talk about the golden girls and then you guys started talking and then I faded away into the crowd. Yeah. But we, brought you, you guys, back for that yeah. first episode. So you're the glue. Mm-hmm. You're the I glue. I also want to say, yeah. I was not born when this episode came out. <gasps> really? Yeah, I was born in June 88. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. So I'm very young. Please, everyone know that. That makes me feel very <laughs> Just old. Just like any casting people listening, I'm like very young. Yeah, yeah. I don't think casting people listen to this podcast. You don't know. I'm pretty sure. You're going to get emails now? I hope. If, if there is one casting director listening out there... And you've been listening for me this long. And HL why and haven't our, you been? Ca- why yeah, haven't you we're both me? 22. <laughs> yes. Continue. I look. I don't look 22. <laughs> I actually had a, a. I was pitching a web series to someone, and they said that I'm too old to have that kind of dating problems. Oh, that I was is like, not true. Did you watch the new girl? They were like 33. It's not believable. Yeah, whatever. Really? Yeah, it's a it's a thing. People are saying it. Were, were you like, have you ever met a gay man in Los yeah, Angeles? Yeah, I basically was like, do you know? Do you watch like why? Just basically, do you watch like ABC's lineup? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, do you watch half of these shows? Whatever. Our real guest. Our oh guest. yes, our real guest. Well, you're a co-host. Like you're 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 my bouncing. I wasn't offended. I know, I know, but this is it's kind of. We have an amazing story about how you got here today, our, our next guest. And uh, Elliot Glazer was sort of a part of that as well. Um, and, but, but Gabby is also really good friends with our guests. So it's sort of like we have this weird circle happening of... Yes, I you, did not have anything to do with booking him. No, like you that, did not. On the record. You did not. But as soon as he was coming on, I was like, oh, Gabby, they're friends. We should... This is, this is going to be a fun conversation. So, guys... He is on Veep. You guys know him from Veep. That's a big one. And you also know him from Melissa McCarthy's upcoming movie, The Bus. Tim Simons. Tim. Hi. How's it going? When, when people talk about The Bus, that's actually the voice that they use. Oh, like really? You just, like, you yeah. grab that and yeah. it was just, it comes out naturally. I'm, I, the I, have, I have the you gift. You have to. I have the gift like that. I probably could be movie phone guy if I had more drive. Do people think that it's a movie about Bruce Springsteen? Oh. I don't know. Oh. That's honestly, I don't know. When we made it, it was called Michelle Darnell, which is the main character's oh. name. And so it was changed to the boss. So in a, it, I, like, I look at the, the title, the boss, as a little unfamiliar. Is yeah, it kind of weird. a play on like Martha Stewart sort of I think going to jail? I think aspects of that. I mean, she, because she goes to jail, because she is sort of like this, I think what she she's more of like a CEO kind of like like money Person, yeah, like a Trump, more, yeah, yeah, I would say more like Trump, but basically has the uh, it does have like the sort of like a woman CEO who is disgraced. Mm-hmm. It has that. Is she racist? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I want to like I want to separate Trump from this. Spoilers! Don't oh, ask for yeah, 
spoilers. No spoilers. What if no the, spoilers. What if at the end it really was just at the end? Like she just like was like you she come, had been racist the whole time, the whole time, and you were like you cheered for her. Trick you. <laughs> you laughed at her jokes. Yeah, racist. So Tim, so we how we have to say how we got together. Yes, I, I was gonna ask. Yeah, well, you built it up. Yeah. So what happened is, do you want do you want to tell it or should well, I? Well, no, you because you started it. You okay. instigated it. So yeah. I um, went into. Um, this coffee shop in LA that I used to go to a lot, but had not been in uh, in for a while, and yeah. it's called Brew, and it's on Vermont, and it's a great place, but I haven't been in there in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw, um, it, do you go by H. Allen or just Allen? Yeah, H. Allen. Okay, so yeah. I saw H. Allen, and I saw that he had a Golden Girls tattoo, and in my head I said, that's the greatest thing that I've ever <laughs> seen. And I was just so, like, I kept staring at him, and I yeah. kept staring at the tattoo. I'm sorry I didn't and stare I, back. No, 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 it's okay. It really looked like you were working, like you were really Did into Did you notice you were being stared at? No, no, I rarely uh, noticed those This is those why things. you have dating problems. I know. A man is staring at you in a coffee yes. shop, yeah. and you don't even and notice? I was there for a while. Yeah. I was really trying to figure this I out. I was probably on a deadline. all the circumstances in which... You would have sat down to cho- to choose that tattoo, and anyway, like so much later on that night, like I went home and like uh, uh, and like much, basically much later on that night, I yeah. just tweeted something which is like I saw a guy today who had a portrait tattoo of all the Golden Girls, and he's a goddamned American hero. <laughs> and within thirty minutes, H. Yeah. Allen and I had been introduced. So- how that happened was I, so you tweeted that and yes. a, a frequent guest host and also a Golden Girls super fan and my best friend, Ellie Glazer. Ellie Glazer also has a Golden Girls tattoo. Also has a Golden Girls tattoo and a mutual friend of ours, I guess, like the uh, guy from Midnight. him first. Exactly. Said, oh, it's probably Elliot Glazer. And I was sitting next to Elliot because Elliot's a writer on the show Younger mm-hmm. and his episode was airing that night and he and I were just sort of live tweeting the episode as we, as we were sitting there and Elliot just sort of shows me the phone and and says, look at this, this is weird. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And That's we all kind me. of, and it was yeah. sort of one big circle of like, this is so strange how he the internet Ellen. works. Yeah. Your tattoo no, was no, on Jimmy Ellen. Kimmel. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. So, wait. So like, Betty White's, Betty White was on Jimmy Kimmel for something, uh-huh. I forget what, and they brought tattoos, people, people with tattoos on, and it was like this they whole... They had her react to it. Yeah, she 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 was frightened, but it was okay. She was. I mean, I would be too. Um, I guess I would be too. Like, if you, had, if you saw your face on somebody's body, how would you react? Yeah, I think I would feel it was weird. Yeah, it's unless it was a good rendering, because I get a lot of fan art and... Um, just want to again talk about how because you're a millennial well YouTube icon. Uh, yes, uh, super famous. Uh, so the, the, I get a lot of fan art, and sometimes the fan art is really good, yeah. and sometimes it's really bad. Yeah. So I wouldn't want someone to get a tattoo of me like looking like the Crypt Keeper on their arm or something. Yeah, but I do think that no matter what, like even if it was like a good rendition or a bad rendition, something it's weird. That, it is a little bit weird because. Like, you know, I guess like the way that we view ourselves, like I'm always going to view myself mm-hmm. as like whatever, like a yeah. kid that got picked on on the playground. So it would, yeah. to me, be really weird that somebody would identify with me or somebody that I played enough that it would end up yeah. on somebody's body for the rest of my life. But yeah. be I guess, me. Like, or like, oh, this is me at age 27. Yeah. And like now I'll age and you'll have me and 27 yeah. on you. Yeah. But there is something, I guess, like that just becomes something sort of wholly separate mm-hmm. from yeah. Betty White herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It becomes like a, a moment in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it is, it is very much sort of a rendering of like 
that moment in my life where I, you know, love the gold and this, and this show in general is sort of cemented as a time capsule of that period on television where a show like that doesn't exist today and probably couldn't. And it's, it's, it's just this nice little nugget of, you know, happiness that exists between 1985 and 1992. Yeah. It's Rose on your arm. It's not Betty White. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not so much love for the actresses, even though there is love there for those actresses. It's, it's the women. Yeah. And And I think that there is something in looking at it. It's kind of like, there was like a, a, along with that sort of feeling. I'm like, Oh my God, that's like, that's just amazing. Yeah. There was like that sort of longing of like, I wish that I had something that I sort of like, like something like that, that I sort of like loved that much. I'm sure there is. I mean, there is. But But you like this show? I love like the you like girls. it enough to have said a nice thing about his tattoo, not tweet like that's weird that someone. Oh had no! Like that. I do legitimately. Like yeah. I'm not. Why do you like where, where? How did it enter your life? I, Why do you like it? I honestly don't know when it entered, but I just I think it's just one of those things. Like, and I think that's one of the things that I was thinking about why a podcast like this would exist is because mm-hmm. it's just one of those shows. It doesn't matter who it is that's watching it. Yeah. It's somehow relatable for every single, it's like about four retired older women mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I was what, maybe 15 I was gonna or say, like, yeah. like 12 or 13 when I started watching it. Yeah. And it's just funny. Like uh, it's just funny. Cause and it's you, so relatable. I mean, you yeah. take, you take that situ- that actress or that character out of the situation. You give it, you make it a, you know, you make it a, a man of a certain age as well. Like, it still would kind of be funny in a way. Like these these actresses, I think the story is so funny and the situations yeah, are so funny well that yeah. like you know I guess you couldn't put another character in it. They need to be older women. Like that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably I don't know. I think I've said this before that my uh, grandmother was like I was really close with her and I lived with her for a bit and she was like obsessed with the Golden Girls. And that was but that was her target. Like she was like an older woman actually living in South Florida. Yeah. And she was like, this is me. This is me and my friends in our lives. Yeah. Like, very relatable. But then I was also like, this is super funny. Yeah. Even though I was like in elementary school or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching it and just thinking, and I think from a gay perspective, I think there's yeah, a very different. Yeah, a lot of gay guys like it. And But it's not just because it's, there's a lot of sort of like people like to write off why gay men like certain things that they do as catty or as, you know, showy or whatever. But it really has so much to do with. Uh, the the idea of being sort of an ugly duckling. You know what I mean? Like if you look at every gay icon and these women are social outcasts in that they're mm-hmm. being sexual, they're being sexual in an age where women are supposed to be written off and they are an anomaly in, so they're living their own lives by their own definitions. And you look at women like Bette Midler, Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli, they're not cover models. Like they're not gorgeous women. And the reason why gay men follow them is because they've persevered beyond whatever society has told them, no, you're weird, you're ugly, you're wrong. And gay men in some way, I think, respond to that. And I think that's really the response to the Golden Girls is that like these women, they have something and they're living their lives truthfully, honestly, Mm -hmm. in a way that is whatever the barrier society says that they should subscribe to. It's also just funny no matter what. Like it's it's oldest time. Like I always joke that Allison and I aren't even original. Like our show mm-hmm. is like the odd couple, but it's even more than that. It's not even original. It's literally if you gave a vlog yeah. to Blanche and Rose. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. That's the whole show. Can you imagine a vlog with But that's the whole show. <laughs> is that she's Rose and I'm Blanche. And wow. it's not like that. It's not like, you know, yeah. we didn't p- pick it out of thin air. Yeah. It's like a tried and true comedy thing. Wow. Tim, I was going to tell you that the the experience of us coming together via this tattoo 
albeit was special and weird in and of itself, it is not the weirdest moment to have ever happened to me with this tattoo. The weirdest moment was... Even weirder than getting to show Betty White the tattoo? Even weirder than that. Yeah. What? The weirdest moment that I've had with this, this tattoo, which I, you know, I get stopped whenever people oh, see yeah, it because yeah. they like it, and which is cool and I love it. But um, I was writing a story for Fusion about a sex party here in Los Angeles right. out by the airport. It's at a, at a warehouse out by the airport. Wait, did you... Let me let me just interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Did you end up writing a story about a sex party or did no. you go to a sex it party was, to write a story? It was an assignment. It was definitely... Okay. I was writing it. Yes. Um, okay. But I probably would have gone... If I would have been invited uh, without the story, <laughs> did you have to? Did you did you have to not participate because of journalism, yeah. or participate because of journalism? Well, I wound up participating when I was off the clock, and then I wrote it into the story. Yeah, exactly. But it was yeah, right. so you it have was to. it was a thing, and it's an organized party where like you know there's it's an open bar and there's different rooms with different themes and like it's like a thing. It's like a thing that happens regularly. Anyway, no. So I, yeah. so I go. You're like, have you guys heard of this? It's crazy. <laughs> well, no, some sex parties are just like, come in, take your clothes off, apartment. Yay, New York sex parties are like that. Where really? It's, it's, there's not, they're not organized. It's just sort of like you show up and there's like 20 people in an apartment, a really rich dude's apartment, and then all of a sudden. Oh, no. I've heard of more like what you're talking about. Yeah, there's elaborate ones too. Yeah. This one is more like. Casual, very European, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I'm at this sex party and I, I am, I am not fitting in. Like I, I don't, I'm very, I don't fit in at a sex party. What are the clientele? You know, no, there it's ranges. It's a full range of of dudes, but I, um. Oh, it's just dudes. It's just dudes. It's just dudes. Oh, okay. That explains a lot of questions I had. Okay. Yeah. And I. I'm still full of questions. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm walking through, but I didn't know how to dress for this thing because I knew I needed a pocket. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I is it? I mean, is it really important? What, I mean, it feels yes. like that's going to be yeah, yes. that's going to be thrown like to the side. You have to check your first. clothes when you get, go to the thing, and you can have like a jock strap or something on, but you can't wear like street clothes in. Okay. So I needed to wear something that I could put a notepad in because I couldn't use my phone oh. to take notes. So I needed to like take notes because I have a horrible memory. Anyway, so I'm 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 wearing this like weird hoodie, sleeveless hoodie, cut off thing with like short shorts and I just look like a like a like a bad Steve Gutenberg movie from like you know the the 80s You look very 80s. Yeah, I look very 80s and everyone else is like either fully naked or in jock straps. They're all like proud as fuck just living their lives. And okay, I continue. This man is getting fucked. He's like he's leaning over a something. It looked like a like a like a like a bull ride thing you have at bars, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That he was leaning over that. Someone was fucking him. He had a crowd of people just sort of jerking off around him. And he looks over my way and like like as if it's like as if nothing's in his butt. As if like it's the <laughs> as if we're as if we're like As if nothing's in his butt yeah. is how I want to describe everything forever. As if, as if nothing is in his butt, as if we are in like a coffee shop and he sees me and he says, Hey, he turns to me and says Oh, H. Allen. Shut you, you up. Do that, no. You do the Golden Girls podcast. I oh love your podcast. God. Oh, my God. God. I was like, the tattoo, the tattoo. And I was so uncomfortable. I didn't know, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to do. I was just like... Thank, thanks, thanks for listening. Did you just for did you just shout something is in your butt? <laughs> Wait, but now, but, but then, no, now he's going to hear this. Of course, because he, of he course, listens he has, to your podcast. It's fine, guys. We he he's heard this before. Like it's it's oh okay. yeah. This is okay. yeah. But all the guys around him started um, 
started to then be like, oh, you do a Golden Girls podcast? Oh, it's awesome. Golden, I love That's the Golden Girls. That's the gayest thing happening at this oh gay God. sex party. Yes. It was, it was the weirdest, weirdest moment ever. So I'm saying that our encounter is probably less weird than that. No, that that's definitely so less weird. Funny. Imagine if like imagine if at that coffee shop I just started undressing and started <laughs> fucking some dude. And then later on you were like, "Oh my god, the guy that was just publicly fucking some other guy in the coffee shop." No, I have a feeling it would be TMZ Timothy Simons from Veep is fucking a dude at Brew <laughs> randomly. By the way, this dude has a Golden Girls. <laughs> like the like like through like it was at night, so like through the windows, you'd see me having sex with the guy, and the camera person just obviously distracted moves away, and now I'm completely out of frame, and it just zooms in and focuses on your arm. There's a lot of moving parts here. One, in this reality, TMZ cares about Tim. Yeah, that's, two, that is a real big. If you that's to a do real big miss. Publicly, I feel like they would start caring. That's They'd like start caring. Yeah. He, that's the thing he would. Have have to do to get them on him. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> no, that honestly is a hundred percent true. I have like I have more stories than you. Than Are you I, ever recognized? I do get recognized, but yeah. like when it comes to like pop, I mean, like more often than not, this has happened so many times. Somebody will look and see me and either not even bother raising their camera oh. or they. <laughs> I've actually seen this happen at when we were shooting an episode in London. <laughs> Lady Gaga was staying at the hotel that we were in. Yeah. And every night around the same time, she would come out, because I think she was making a lot of club appearances or whatever. Yeah. She would come out in a different sort of ridiculous outfit. And I think if you look them up, uh, you could put, you could look up some of these pictures. Like yeah. there yeah. was one where she was in a, like a giant Mona Lisa sheet. Mm. She came out as a Christmas tree at one point. Oh, I remember so, that. Yeah. So yeah. that was that hotel, and it was okay. that. And we were there that day. Like we watched yeah. her leave, and. So what would happen was all day there would be at least a hundred fans camped out all yeah. day, Ugh. and then around when she would come out, there were five hundred fans and fifty paparazzos mm-hmm. or paparazzis sure. or whatever yeah. you call the like paps, the, the paps, and so. I was standing outside because I wanted to make like a funny Instagram or whatever, and I ended up doing it. And it, well, I don't know, it never ended up being great. You're I had such one a shot. Dad. I know, like I, and it, no, it was a funny, it was a funny Instagram. And I think I succeeded. I'm totally I had one posting sh- that Instagram. I was happy that I had episode. one shot at the timing of this, and I at least got the timing right. Yeah. What so was, was ha- it? It was basically just that, like, as like the as the crowd of people are going fucking crazy, right. it was basically them thanking them for their support, oh, okay. and then like panning over to find Lady Gaga at this point dressed as a swan or sure. some shit like that. <laughs> like, oh fuck, Lady Gaga. <laughs> like that's sort of the gist. <laughs> but so I was standing there waiting for it to happen. I knew yeah. she was in the lobby. And I saw one of the guys, like, look at me for a minute. And, like, the show had been running in the U.K. at that yeah. point for mm-hmm. a couple years. And so, like, he looked at me. And then he looked at his friend. He, like, nudged his friend. And, they and like, he did the thing with, like, the chin up. Like, oh, like, basically saying to his friend, oh, hey, is that that guy from that thing? And the other guy is, like, going through his phone. He looks up at me. And he just looks at his friend and nods yes. And then they just both go back to what they're yep. doing. Like they did not, yep. they actively acknowledged that they were like, oh yes, that is that guy from that thing. Yep. And this is digital space. It's not like they're wasting frames of film. Oh yeah, yeah. they could have just taken a picture. They could have just taken a picture. digital pictures. But literally, space, yeah. it was not even worth their time wow. to pick it up from their hip. So anyway. 
That's, I do not get followed by TMZ. I will TMZ. say, though, you, you, I, of everyone on Veep, of course, we all, I mean, you like Veep, right, Gabby? I mean, it's a great show. Come oh, on. this would be a great time for me to reveal that, like, I'm friends <laughs> with him and have never seen his You've fucking show. you never seen no, it? No, I'm on Love Veep. That's it's how great. we met. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great show. It's because I said I like and Veep. And I, people What's think I'm, I'm like cynical or like an angry Who's ringing? Oh, that's me, person. sorry. Oh, it's wow. fine. It's fine. Things, people it was call. just the buzzer. People call. Um, I... I, I sometimes get to the point of being very sort of like emotionally upset for you on Veep because oh, they're, cool. they're so mean to you that sometimes, like, and this is just... Oh, well, that's probably what happens to you in public is people yell <laughs> insults at you, right? Like, that's got to be what sucks is you're like walking with someone having like a very like intelligent conversation, I presume. I don't know what you do. And then like someone's like, hey, jizz face or whatever. And you're like, I have to take this. Hold on. Like, <laughs> Hold on. My fans like, are here. Yeah, like... Because when you're, I always think about that, like wow. not just you, but like characters on shows who are, are shit on, like mm-hmm. the guy that played Jerry on Parks and Rec. I'm sure for the rest of his life, he's just gonna have fans be like, "Ha ha, I'm like love you so much, fuck you, Jerry." Right? He's like so you know nice, what I mean? Though. And he's the nicest guy. He's the nicest yeah. guy. So sweet. You know, just spe- I I acted like I didn't. Okay, so I guess what I'm so just going back to sex parties. Great. I, yes. The, hey, I just, Jalen and I, I both I, are like that's what we really want to yes. talk about. I used to work at the House of Blues in Chicago. Oh, and every I used to live in Chicago. Where'd you live? Uh, Broadway and Barry. Okay, get a oh. fucking room, you guys. <laughs> we are in a room. We're doing a podcast, and we're going to talk about where we live. No, my first apartment was actually on Broadway and Grace, so like a oh, couple blocks north okay. of the end of Boys Town, closer okay. to the lake. Awesome. And um, so I so when I worked at the House of Blues, I was in Chicago for like six years or so, and like I worked there for like the last two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it was a thing that I was a barback and a bartender. And it was a thing that every year the IML, like the International Mr. Leather, yeah, I think American... It happens in Chicago. It happens in Chicago. Yeah. And it happens at the Chicago Theater. Mm-hmm. And we would always host the after party. Yes. And that after... I mean, like they rented... Like the... the wow. It rented out the entire building, like the... The foundation, yeah, yeah, yeah. The international, Mister, uh, yeah, with the foundation or the charity or yeah. whatever it it's is. It's usually like the, something because it benefits AIDS organizations. Yeah. Usually, yeah. like the the association rented out, yeah. and so it was just why House of Blues. Why I not think because works or something. proximity to proximity to the Chicago Theater because it was really only a few blocks away. Yeah, and we could hold like sixteen hundred people. Yeah. So and when so you I, worked that night, it was like, okay, guys, no shirts. You know what it is. <laughs> it was like we all like, I mean, like not that I was really putting on a show, but like I would cut yeah. the sleeves off my t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Like there was a whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, and it was all, I mean, like, and it was like, I've never been to a sex party, but yeah. like I Shocking. essentially, I Shocking have. information. I, I have a feeling <laughs> that at some point. You're breaking news here on Breaking Out news, on guys. <laughs> I've never been to a sex party, but in a way, like. <laughs> I have worked at one. Like I've been like a bored cocktail. Yeah. I've been like a bored cocktail yeah. waiter at one of them. Well, I've been come a bored bartender. Next Folsom in San Francisco. You and I will go up. We'll bring Gabby. You'll come. This It'll is so be. Unf- I was gonna say this you is should unfair. Come. No, you should totally come. You could wear something topless. But I have oh, no, done but the thing. I'm not invited to your gay sex parties. They no, don't you can. There. Folsom. There's plenty of women at Folsom. Plenty. Thank you. Yes. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, there are actually experiences where I've been, like, going into, like, you know, like, going on break. And I've had a lot of those experiences because I think I ended up working three of them Mm -hmm. where I, like, was going by and it was, like, 
it's like that guy doesn't have anything in his butt. Like that what like there were so many of those situations. I would you would be taking drink orders while somebody was getting blown. Like it yeah. was wow. just and like you just like there was a guy that came up and he was actually a really nice guy and he came every year. And the first year he was wearing like a like a I guess like a like a latex, like a skin tight oh, latex, yeah. like yeah, sort yeah. of I guess gimp outfit. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like it covers the face sometimes. It covers the face the all the way, but he yeah. was like, It's so fucking hot in here. Do you have any ice? <laughs> and so I like took the back neck of his thing and like like pulled and like took a scoop of ice and threw it in there and he was very nice and he tipped well. Wow. But it was like just all of a sudden you had to like bartend an eight hour sex party. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've never attended, I've just worked. Wow, there's I was like, so that'd be so stories. funny. What an elaborate way to like pretend you don't know what a gimp suit is. <laughs> just to be like, he was wearing a you guys know, right? You guys know. Like well, I, maybe there was like a term, and I thought maybe yeah. like because it comes from Pulp Fiction, which is probably not the best representation oh, yeah. of like yeah. BDSM or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I refer to it as a gimp suit, but no, that might be like the like, meanest, yeah. awful way of saying that. It was just yeah. very cute. I like, yeah. Well, speaking of sex parties, uh-huh. please, Tim, have you ever been lonely? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, this is uh, that's my segue into the episode. That is a fantastic segue because. Sophia's lonely, guys. Mm-hmm. Sophia's lonely. All her friends have left. We start the episode. Rose mm-hmm. is in the kitchen. She's cooking chocolate chip pancakes made with maple syrup, whipped cream, brown sugar, and other... It's like honey-infused honey, whipped cream. Yeah, it's like, like rot-your-teeth pancakes. And Sophia comes in, and she's just upset. She's just throwing out shit left and right because her, her best friend has moved to Chicago, I think. I thought all her said. friends had died. That's what, and now, see, that's what I had. We, we start the that's episode that likely, way. That's more likely, right? And she comes out upset by this, and I'm thinking, like, you're in your 80s. You're probably used to people going away. Right. You know? But it's she a was flimsy upset. plot point at best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was... I don't know. What did you think, Tim? I the thing that it made me. I wasn't sure. Uh, I who am I to be critical of the Golden Girls writers? <laughs> they are they are fantastic. Uh, but what it made me think of was, and I wanted to ask you guys this because I think we might be of all like a varying ages, mm-hmm. and like this has co- sort of come up a lot recently. Uh, I have been through the point in which I've watched like of like these phases. I've been through friends going through their biggest breakups. Like I've yeah. been through yeah. that. I've been through friends getting engaged. I've moved mm-hmm. through having to go to a bunch of weddings. I've been through mostly good friends having kids. Like those yeah. phases mm-hmm. are now gone. That's kind of where I am at. Oh my friends god! I thought kids. the next phase was friends getting divorced. No, How no, no. Am I? Friends, getting, too. friends getting divorced comes after kids. Oh, 40s. and that oh no. is and that actually like the first. That is sort of like the step that I am now going into. Yeah. And like, and so like you Wait, how old are you, Tim? Uh, I'm 37. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, 33. So same. Yeah. So Gross. I'm in this thing and, and that, but I had a conversation. 30s. <laughs> but like, I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a little bit older and we were having that. He was starting to enter my friends are dying young. Yeah. She was starting oh. to get into that of like, oh, somebody went before their time. Yeah. And like, and that's what it made me think of that thing of like, I was sort of distracted by that, by like these. Interesting. So t- like I would have never thought of it as a bad, like, or a, a, I mean, if you think of it like, you know, course of life, Sophia's at a point where like she's seen all of these things. So I guess if someone moves away, it's actually kind of jarring because I mean yeah. she's probably used to people dying or you know what I mean? Maybe, like, maybe the network said didn't, like yeah, yeah that's like what they I were think. like yeah. They didn't want her to say all my friends are dying, so they were just like all your friends are moving away. Yeah. Yeah, but then and she made a joke about it. She made a joke about people dying. She was did like she? yeah, there was one line in there. It wasn't very 
direct, but she did talk. She she inferred people mm. were dying. Yeah, seems um, like a network note to me. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, third season, number one show on television. Like, was it the number one show? I think it maybe it was right after the Cosby Show, but it was like up there. It was like in the top five. God, that's amazing. I feel like they could probably have gotten away with. All right. You know what I mean? I think one of the lovely things about the Golden Girls is that I feel like all of us, like even if, like I'm shocked to find out it was the most, yeah. like possibly a number one show because it felt like I was discovering it. I felt yeah. like nobody else yeah. knew about it. Yeah. And it, so it would make sense that if it was getting to like a 12 year old. Yeah. If that, we had social media, we would not have felt that way. But because yeah, we were all no. like alone in our houses yeah. being teenagers or whatever, we were like, yeah. we must be, oh, it's so weird. I'm watching this old person show, but I must be the only one. And it came out on Saturday night. So it's usually like at that moment moment where this was before like we were going out with friends on Saturday no, nights. No, that makes total sense. You know, so we were yeah. just at home with our families after yeah. a day of doing whatever you do with your families. My family didn't. We just ate things. Yeah, that we makes We just watched TV sense. and ate things. There was no <laughs> activities outside the house. Um, so Blanche comes in and Blanche is running for fashion show chairman of the Tinkerbells. Who the fuck knows? What's a Tinkerbell? What is that? I don't know. Is this know. the first appearance? Yeah, I, we've never seen Tinkerbells before. Okay. I don't know what, I, is it a, it seems like a, like a Girl Scout troop. Or like a country club. But Tinkerbells? I have no idea. A lot of these plot points, again, love the writers of Golden Girls (laughs) as a group and individually. I feel like that's insincere. But all of the... All of the plot points in this episode seemed very pulled from thin air. Well, it also seemed like the B stories, anything happening with the B story specifically, it was just that... They weren't very creative with the B plot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just it, it felt very forced. It felt it did bring us to a nice sort of like it's always fun when Rose and Blanche are at each other because they mm-hmm. often get tagged together in sort of schemes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's the episode where you know Dorothy gets hurt and so that she can't do the tap routine, so it's Rose and Blanche doing the tap routine, or they dress up as nuns in just a recent episode. They had they were nuns in The Sound of Music and. Uh, Dorothy's uncle Angelo a priest comes to town and it's like Blanche is a sexy nun like they're always sort of like the antics between Blanche and Rose we write all this down because we're running out of stuff for our channel so I just want to like get ideas you should just watch the Golden Girls Allison do that I don't know sexy nun just fucking do something I would love an Allison sexy nun there there was I I I did notice and God bless these writers I mean they were in the 20th episode of the third season they were probably on cocaine like it's fine (laughs) But they really skipped over a major thing, and that Blan- uh, uh, Rose threatened. Rose yeah. threatens to say, "Maybe I should just run and not be your campaign manager." Yeah. And Blanche scoffs at that, well, and it happens. But then it happens. But yeah. they never deal with that. They never yeah. deal with whatever conflict well, or because fallout at that might point, come from so, that. Well, 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 Did I skip ahead? We skipped ahead, Did but it's you fine feel because like, it because it was a political plot line. You were like, "Oh, this is familiar to me." Because <laughs> of the number one program. I am on on the HBO networks. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we so won an Emmy. Cool. M- multiple Emmys. Do you no. get to keep it? Oh, no, as the show. No, oh, I don't show. even get yeah, one exactly. as the show, yeah. You don't get one? No, only the producers. That's bullshit. When I went backstage, they handed me a clipboard, yeah. and I knew I didn't get one, but they I was the first one back there, and they handed me this clipboard, and I was like, what's this for? And they were like, oh, you sign it to get an Emmy. <laughs> like to get your Emmy. 
and I knew that how many of these can I sign? And I I knew that I didn't get one. I knew it was only the producers, but they had handed me the clipboard. So drunk with power. And I just, and I looked, and I I looked, and I was like, my name's not on here. And they just went, well, then you don't get one. (laughs) It was fine. Yeah. That's a sad um, moment. But, I mean, you, you're on a show that won an Emmy. That's, that's true. That's all you, you need. You can recast him, like, any day. That's hey. true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, see, this is me feeling for you like I do on the show when I watch you. I'm like, no, stop being mean to him. He's um, mean. I know. I, well, I don't know that, actually. We, I don't know you well enough to think you're mean. But oh, I'm a really real lovely life. person, and this is, un, this is unprovoked attack from this side <laughs> of the room. <laughs> It's like Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Hillary and moment he's here. He's shaking his finger in yeah. my face too. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so uh, yeah, you jumped up a little bit, but that's fine Sorry. because we then see that uh, Dorothy comes in, and this is a rare moment where Dorothy is in. She's dating someone, like actively dating someone named Raymond, mm-hmm. who kind of scares me a little. Like the actor who plays Raymond, a little weird for me. Like he, he seemed creepy in a way. All the guys that they date are creepy. You think so? But I don't know if that's just because like old old men being like lecher or I don't know, like old men being like datey or like whatever yeah. they are in that it was like very He also had a voice that like so it was played by the actor James Karen, who was in like Wall Street. He did a bunch of other little things. He's still alive. He was just in well He in, also Raymond kinda sucks. Raymond does kind of suck. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But also, Dorothy's kind of an idiot in this episode. We're gonna we're we're moving okay. forward yeah. so fast. So so Dorothy comes into the kitchen after you know Blanche and and Rose go through Rose's uh, the campaign chairwoman for Blanche's campaign to sure. be whatever the, the Tinkerbell the, fashion show. Yeah, I guess. This and is, the, so the Tinkerbells we're assuming are like sort of the umbrella social organization that would organize a fashion show. So it's not what? the yeah. Tinkerbell fashion show. It's the Tinkerbells. Comma it's just or like colon. Mad Libs. Like someone was like, I don't know, and then Rose is like working on a campaign for Blanche, and they were like, Ah, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. But also, that's pretty much <laughs> just a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. I but do if they're not called think... the, the Tinkerbells, someone write that down. But I feel like that's also every modern yeah. sitcom. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they fucking uh, maybe they start to date. I this don't know. This is what I said on the Friends podcast, which is called Best of Friends. It's yeah. Aaron Mallory. It's Long. also a headgum podcast. Also a headgum. Okay, good. I'm not like this is good. From yeah, yeah. This is great. I'm going to tell Jake in a mirror. So uh, on that show, I said there's so many episodes and there's so many characters that literally I feel like they just spin a wheel yeah. and go like, uh, I don't know, uh, Joey and blah, 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 uh, his appendix burst. Like they just, you know, yeah. they just like whatever, pull shit out that. of the air. That's in- See, the difference I think between that and Golden Girls is that Golden Girls – they do have common sort of matchups that they do. You know what I mean? Like the Rose and Blanche matchup yeah. or like the Dorothy and Blanche having a thing. Like it, yeah. there's, they, they often match those, their strengths as sort of characters to yes. each other. And then they write stories around what those matchups will be like. Yeah. Which, but they didn't even, we didn't even see her meet Raymond. It was just like, oh, no, you're dating Raymond that guy just Raymond still? Is this, yeah. yes. I've, uh, because I am sort of largely unfamiliar with the yeah. canon, does... Is this the only appearance that Raymond yeah, makes? Yeah, Raymond is never again. He's in and out. He's out. He's gone. And that's wow. how most episodes are. I mean, except okay. for Charlie, or not Charlie, um, uh, oh God, Rose's boyfriend, Carl. Carl. Um, like, besides that, there it doesn't, they're, they, they're, they're really don't have They're sort of self-contained, recur- okay. yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, was an 80s thing. Yeah. Episodic. You know, it was just sort of, like, each, each so, week something new happened. So, Raymond. she's going on a date with Raymond. Sophia's upset, depressed. A golf date. A golf date, exactly. Yeah. And I kind of love that. Yeah. I love that it was a golf date. Have you, do you guys golf? Have you he ever did? golfed? Oh, 
he went on a Tim went golfing with my boyfriend. Oh and really? We did. We did like. It was like he has like a regular job where he has well not a regular job he yeah, works yeah. for yeah yeah he works for Buzzfeed yeah. so he, but like he has a time that he needs to be in the office so we had to get up like I woke up at like five o'clock or five fifteen in the morning no yeah they went early we went early because he had to get to work and it was awesome yeah wow and we like matched each other pretty well skill wise they're also um, I mean I was like you guys should be friends because. Tim's six five and Garrett's six seven. So yeah. I was like, I don't know. You guys are both tall. Garrett is so tall. He's the best person to hug. I mean, <laughs> not you are too. I, we haven't hugged enough <laughs> like that. All right, Can I just say? But every time I hug Garrett, uh, every time I've hugged Garrett, I'm just like, I feel like I'm falling into a mountain. Yeah, you know who <laughs> you know who loves Garrett? Gay men. Yeah, love yeah. him. That's what, I feel like gay men like really, really tall men. They in do. General. It's a thing. Like, it's a thing about being that tall and I mean, see, you probably have a huge gay fan base, Tim. Well, it's oh. some kind of gay fetish that <laughs> yeah. men that are very it's, tall. It's maybe. I mean. I don't they wind love up with them. I don't I don't wind up with tall men, but I enjoy a tall man. Yeah, okay. we're we're gonna hug at the end of this, and we'll see, and then report yeah. on the next one you do yeah. these. Report oh how it. God. We'll document we'll, it. We'll just have a yeah. picture of us hugging, and then we'll see what that moment. And yeah, you'll, just so you'll are be you judging gonna in use, the background. You're gonna use Garrett to like lure Tim to be closer <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. know. Garrett did Garrett, it. So. I don't know. Yeah, Garrett did an A-frame. Garrett yeah, so would never A-frame like... a hug. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so uh, Dorothy says Dorothy invites Sophia on the date with the golf date because you know to give her something to do to help her make right. her feel happy whatever um and it goes so that date goes so well that now we get into the point where it's like a week later two weeks later and Sophia has been going on every date with with and Raymond it's implied and that Raymond and Dorothy are not sleeping together well yeah because well no actually she says it like Dorothy yeah. Dorothy comes out and says it directly where she uh she, she says something about, can you, I mean, when do you have time to do it? When do you have time? Like Blanche, right. Blanche asked that. And she's like, have time. I can't even touch it. Like, or right. so something ridiculous. Some like witty that. comment. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, she's going on all these dates with, with Sophia and, and or Raymond with, and, or Dorothy and Raymond that like Raymond is getting annoyed because he wants some tickle, tickle time. Right. You know, <laughs> and he can't get it with Sophia cock blocking him like that. Right. And Dorothy's, you know, saying, oh, I, no, I don't buy I just don't buy that Dorothy can't talk to her mother. That's the other thing. Isn't yeah. isn't Dorothy like she's the forthright one? Yeah. She's the, the she's, blunt one. She's brassy. Like she's that, brassy. Yeah. She's I, brassy. I, I get, and I suppose maybe if we are to, if we, maybe we do have to substitute for... She moved away. We just have to substitute. She died. Yeah, yeah. If that was maybe probably the original because intent. That's why you would feel bad. That's why you would feel yeah. bad, and that is why you would sort of hedge it. So if we just assume that it was a network note that became, it would have been so much better if the friend had died. You're if right. If the friend had died, yeah. because that would actually explain. Like now we are dealing with like we can't leave Sophia here. She is worried and she is very close and thinking a lot about her own mortality. Yeah. That explains why oh, wow, she would, would have, have been to be brought along. a deep episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. go back in time, have yes. sex with my dad, change that episode. Yeah. We talked about that before <laughs> that the podcast. Off, that that was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. off cast. Gabby has a very attractive father that whom I would have had sex with back in the day when he had that stash. So I suggested using time travel to just go back and have and sex with Gabby's like the father. listeners were there with us. So you have two <laughs> things you want to do in time travel. Go back, rewrite this episode, and uh-huh. have sex with my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would be okay with And then with probably it. go back to when Tim worked at House of Blues and oh, wear a Gibson. Yeah. 
<laughs> when was that, by the way? I probably face. was in town. That was, um, that would have been 2000 and I think I worked there five, six, and seven. So I would have been oh, at the two, yeah. like those I was three. Gone by then. You were gone by then? Yeah, I left in 2004. Okay, we overlapped by then maybe a year and a half. Okay. Okay. Sad. Could have been friends. Sad. We would have been best friends. I know. That would have been so great. Uh, um, So, okay. Dorothy is getting ready for this date, and she has sent Sophia out of the house because she has to have some private time with Raymond to get that Mm -hmm. tickle. And she's telling the girls, like, you know, oh, what should I wear? Should I wear this necklace or should I wear... And this is where... This is where you foreshadowed earlier, Tim, about Rose saying she could be the chairwoman of she could run as well, mm-hmm. um, and threatening Blanche basically with running. Yeah. And two things: yeah. does Rose usually stand up to Blanche? No, no. Rose rarely. And does, that. does Dorothy usually talk about like trying to get it in? No. Wow. No. Yeah. What a banner episode we've I know, had here. right? Yeah. And so Blanche and Rose are basically, so Blanche, Ro, Dorothy comes out and she's asking fashion advice and Blanche and Rose sort of, so, like Blanche goes, amateur mistake. It accentuates the turkey neck. And like basically <laughs> I wrote down the list of like horrible mean things that they said to Dorothy that she has a turkey neck, non-existent bosom, huge spare tire, manly hips. And, and then Dorothy responds with, should I just put on a sign that says I'm too ugly to live? Which is like... Like, almost like your character on Veep, Tim. It really was. And it was all, like, oddly, it was all played for a joke. Which happens regularly. It does. Yes. But they say that Dorothy's ugly? Yes, there's often, I mean, Sophia's usually the one that does it, but many times Blanche infers to it, or or Rose makes sort of like a, like Rose, when one episode, she's looking at herself in the mirror, and I think she's sick or something, and she looks at herself, she's like, oh God, I'm ugly, and or something, and then it's actually Dorothy standing behind her, and it's Dorothy's reflection oh. in the mirror, so there's a, there's a constant running gag of Dorothy being a little sort of like, Gangly and manly, and oh, very Dorothy's just doesn't beastly. care. She's just not wearing a lot of makeup. She just isn't like very. She's just, that's like more tomboy. She yeah. looks great. Yeah. yeah, she looks great. I, I mean, know it's not I, all about like you know. Mm-hmm. Every everybody is beautiful, mm-hmm. but like that's not she true. looks great. I have a feeling like Donald Trump is not beautiful. Like he no, probably has like no. a. Like but that's because the ugliness within his heart has come out and shown itself on his body. And he's got that weird old man neck skin that you have to like tuck mm-hmm. into the collar mm-hmm. of a shirt. I really, I'm, I'm sure that that. But I, this is, that is father, time, a, father time being undefeated. Like I know at some point I'm probably gonna be tucking skin. That into is my a perfect description. Shirt. Yeah, you're right. You have to gather it and get it in there. <laughs> he's mimicking guys yeah, listening I'm at mimicking all. He's tucking, gathering your neck. I don't together. even know what attractive Ooh. is anymore because <laughs> I I never like people right away. Like I always will. I never. I don't think I've ever in my life met someone and been like I'm attracted to you. I think oh, it's really? like yeah. I think oh, I, I meet them and then like a year later I'm like were they always hot? What happened? I almost but I never instantly like, see when I'm attracted to someone and I instantly see them and I'm attracted in that moment. I think I just can't. I like I first go to like I wonder what they look like naked. I, but like, I guess I <laughs> like, do that's that. That's where my brain goes. As soon as I'm attracted. I, I guess like. I do that. How can I look at them naked? But no one, I, yeah, I guess I do that. But yeah. I, but like, but I think a lot, a lot of the like relationships I've had, it's been people that I've just been like, oh, have oh, you always yeah. been here? I think rela- relationships never have been instant for me. It's always been a growth. So a lot, and some people that when I remember meeting them and saying, oh, that's unfortunate. They're not very good looking. Yeah. Like a year later from knowing them and getting to know their personality or whatever, I'm like, you're so cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just changes. Yeah, no, I know. There's something happens where... Weird. I just finished reading uh, uh, Nora Ephron's Heartburn, 
Yeah. You ever read it? No. You should. It's a very short book, but it's um it's a it's an amazing book about it's a novel autobiographical novel based on the divorce, her sort of breakdown of the marriage oh, between yeah. her and Carl Bernstein, who wrote um, All the President's Men. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who is Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing book. But in it, she talks about um, how, you know, she wanted, when she was younger and sort of like a younger woman, she wanted, she described her perfect man and then she described the man she ended up with. And she's like, but he's still the most handsome man in the world to me. Right. And it's because something changes, something clicks. Right. And yeah. It's a, uh, I can't recommend that book enough guys. Like everyone listening. Heartburn. Heartburn. Okay. It's, it's so a, it came maybe, out in the early eighties, but it's but very good. I, maybe we've just been so exposed to the talent that is B. Arthur yeah. that we're like, why would you call her ugly? She's a beautiful treasure. <laughs> it's, I know. Is it widely known that she's the favorite? Mm. Or is this, or is this very much like, does it just, does it just as like a personality signifier? I mean, uh, just in that, like, if you are going to talk about the Golden Girls, everybody's going to be like, well, Rose is my favorite. Oh, Cause no. Because mine. No, we're talking about, are you talking about Betty White or B. Arthur? Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about uh, B. Arthur. So yes. we're talking about Dorothy. Yeah. Is it widely known that Dorothy is the favorite? I don't, th- I mean, I think fans. B. Arthur has, because she's the most unique of the four, in mm-hmm. that she's like a tall woman. I mean, just like any sort of tall, sort of unique looking woman, she's going to, she's going to draw attention. Yeah, you know? okay. she and, doesn't fit like a clear gender, and I think that's norm, why people call her out like, more. Yeah, but I don't think anybody is like I don't think anyone's bigger than the other. Betty White oh, has okay. really benefited from being the last living. Yes, yes, that's yes, true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. People talk uh, about her most because of that. Who is your favorite? I always liked Estelle Getty. I yeah. always liked Sophia a lot. But now watching it as an adult, I'm like, she's so mean. But when I was a kid, I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, get yeah. those burns. <laughs> yeah. You burnt Rose. Like, I was like so into that. Who's your favorite, Tim? Or My Dorothy. One? You're still Dorothy. And yeah. I think was, and I think you're a tall was woman. because I'm a tall woman, because <laughs> yeah. ultimately we're shaped exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I can see. I feel like that with Kathy Bates. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, people make fun of me, but I, I have Kathy Bates' body. If you look at me naked, it is Kathy Bates with a dick. And oh. even and even then, you're probably is like, that what your grinder profile says? Kathy no, because I a dick? like because having sex. it should. Yeah, I know it should. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. It's hard whenever I get asked, and you know, get asked a lot, like who is my favorite? I can't ask, I can't answer it. What I can say is like, I the one I feel like I am the most like probably is Rose. I feel like I'm Aww. definitely oh, okay. I'm definitely more of a Rose. I, I think I, I liked, I'm like, I had a tweet one time where I was like, I like to think that I'm a Blanche, but secretly I'm Dorothy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I think everyone wants to be a Dorothy. I, think, I, love, I feel like Dorothy, because she's, she's always, the powerful one. You know I what always I mean? Wanted, I always think that I'm playing up this Blanche kind of, or like that I have this sort like of. Like the sex pot sort of the thing? The sex pot thing, or like the like kind of like. Like overtly slutty, sort of no. like make playing that for laughs kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't or like the arrogance. Like yeah. I have like a I used to have a, a my bot my banner on Twitter was like her being like, how can I feel so bad and look so good? Yeah, like, and that's I don't know. That's yeah. something really fun about that. It's interesting the things that we as artists that we display yeah. to the outside world, and then who we actually really are. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, Raymond comes over. They quickly are going to get the fuck out of there to get to beat Sophia. Where are back. they going to bone? They're go- well. They're going to a French restaurant first. Oh, okay. And then they're going to bone that later. Means. Yeah, and you know what French that means. French leads to boning. Yeah, and and uh, and she and, and Sophia is at 
Where is she? Well, She's Sophia, at the grocery store? So Sophia, yeah, Sophia's at the grocery store, and Raymond and Dorothy about are to about to leave, and then Sophia comes walking up, and it's like, fuck, and whatever. She faked a heart attack in the line to go quicker, basically. <laughs> That's what she said. And so she's she's going to join them at the French restaurant. We cut to the French restaurant. This restaurant is used in, like, every scene they have a restaurant, by the way. like They just dress it differently? Yeah. Do like, they even dress it differently? Not really. I mean, <laughs> it's like... It's kind of dressed differently, but it's like more angles how they use it. Like the the best the best episode that used this restaurant scene was when the second parter of the two parter of Dorothy's chronic fatigue syndrome um, oh, episode, great. where she confronts the doctor who yes. like basically said she was just getting old, and it's at and she's obviously reading cue cards. It's this is that's the restaurant scene in this one. Yeah. Oh, I always one. like recognizing sets that that like I do just too. Keep coming back, there's something like you know sort of nostalgic about it. It's like oh, I remember but I that think episode. I've become also so. Cynical that I'm like, oh, what? They only get three sets this season. What was their budget? Like, I'm so like, I think I've become the worst version of myself. I mean, I say embrace it. Live yourself. Live your Thanks. truth. You know. Uh, so they're at the dinner, and Raymond is just—he's ordering a bottle of gin. He's ordering a bottle of whatever else he drinks. Like, he's just annoyed with the situation. And Sophia's being cute, and Sophia and whatever. Like, she's being her typical self, mm-hmm. and Dorothy's just trying to like mend it and make it all work, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just not, none of it's, none of it's working. Mm-hmm. And so they get home and Sophia's going to join them for something else or coffee. They're going to, they're making coffee and they're going to stay up and talk or something. And Raymond is just like, I'm sick of dating your mother. You know, let's do this. So he says, let's go to the Bahamas. And Dorothy's all like, yeah, I got that two piece. And so they plan on going. Also, what does Raymond do that he can just go to the Bahamas? It never says. He's probably like either retired or like was a lawyer. He looks like a lawyer. I want to be retired. I want to go yeah, to the Bahamas. We kind of live like we're retired. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he's the, like, we've been dating for two weeks. Come to the Bahamas with me. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Raymond. Yeah. Interesting, but he's Raymond. he's also just desperate. He's desperate to do something with her that isn't with Sophia. Yeah. But then, of course, Sophia overhears it, and she's like, go into the Bahamas. And she even got an applause line when Sophia was leaving the room about going to the Bahamas. And she's like, Dayo. Dang. Yeah. And there was an applause line at that, which I thought I was that. so crazy. I don't I there I don't know why I was why would I hate on a still Getty ever? I didn't really like the delivery of that line. I didn't think it was worth the applause. It felt very theatrical. It did. It did not It didn't fit into the story at all. No. Yeah, no one you're right. was really in character. This you don't episode. think so? Oh no, I think I think Sophia was. And I also think in many ways, uh Blanche She's, was. Blanche no, definitely hold on, was. Hold on. Sophia is usually very astute. She's very insightful. Isn't she the one who always no, she, notices shit? Sassy and, as fuck. Yes, but she wouldn't she notice that she was disrupting Dorothy's dating life? But her friends were dying. Yes. All of her friends yes. are oh, dead. Okay. So we're really dealing with In a the different second person. draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When so, people are going through like traumatic, I, I explain uh, the human tra- experience to me, Tim. <laughs> I will, but do it in the voice of David McCullough, thus American experience. Who is who? <laughs> you remember he narrates all. I guess I'm the only one that watches PBS. Yeah, well. uh, he narrates the American experience a lot. Oh, I and he's know, also I've he also it. wrote Truman, John Adams. Like, but this this would be a guess though that if she is going through this trauma, that she essentially is a different sure. person. Yeah. So I feel like it's supported. Yeah, I think so. I, I agree mean, with never them. be in a writer's room with you. <laughs> <laughs> so they come back and they're Dorothy's up late. She's just she doesn't know how she's going to tell 
Sophia that she can't go to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And Blanche or Rose comes in and she's also like, I don't think I'm going to win the fashion show chairman. Well, this is the next, like, we haven't seen anything about the fashion show chairman job yet. And now it's just Rose being like, I'm worried that I'm going to lose. And then Blanche comes in and she has no problems at all, except she had a dream where she had a threesome with oh, the yeah. three actors no, from three. Yeah, a foursome Hello, with three men and a baby. she had a sex party. Yeah, she had a sex party. Oh, look at that. I know. And she, well, she wound up having sex with, so it was, um, who was in Ted Danson, Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and, and Tom guy. Selleck. Tom, Tom Selleck. Selleck. And I do that because of the mustache. How did I forget Tom yeah. Selleck? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but she wound up only having sex with Steve Gutenberg in the dream. And she was upset. And then she woke up because she didn't get to have sex with Tom Selleck or oh. Ted Danson. Yeah. Hilarious. I know, but has Nothing. Very relatable problems. I mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with fashion show chairman. It has that nothing also, to do like, with anything. And this is one of those moments where, like, that probably would have been. It seems like okay, was Dorothy's having the problem? She doesn't want to talk to her mom. Rose comes in. She's worried that her lose is she would lose. It seems like Blanche would come in with, "I'm up late because she's trying to steal my position." Yeah, yeah. and she's splitting the vote. Okay, they, I'm back. You can be in my writers' room again. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, they gave up. I feel like on the storyline really quickly. They really did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or at least they just skipped a major part. Because of it. someone was yeah. like wrote that joke about three men and yeah. no baby, and was like, "I'll kill my darling and I'll kill you." Yeah, three three. Uh, uh, what was it? The joke was three men and no baby. And no baby. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on. <laughs> so they go and they're talking to Dorothy about her problem. And both Blanche and Rose are saying, you got to tell Sophia. She'll right. understand. Like, go boink your man. And right. and so and Dorothy's like, I know, but she's my mother. And like, yeah. it's like, and Dorothy is creating this problem that isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, have you seen a sitcom before? I mean, <laughs> but it does feel, to, to go on your out of character, it does feel Super out of character, out of character. for Dorothy to have this much empathy for Sophia when she could just settle it with a conversation. Yes. You know, which yeah. is to what Dorothy would do. She's a, she's a rip the bandaid girl. I know. You know, so it, it feels, it feels a little, a little off. And then Rose has to go into this like weird story about Sonia Cliffenhanger, Hunger, Hoffer, Cliffen, no, Klingenhoffer. I I like that because it was finally them being like, let me guess, she was a pig and the mayor. Yeah. Let me guess, she was a horse. Oh, they're trying to get out of that that kitchen. That was as pretty funny, bit actually. We all, Carrie and I, both kind of like tune out whenever Rose tells a story anymore because we. So do they. We record, yeah. So do they. But like, it's kind of become very natural for us because we watch these episodes now with guests, like you know, a couple of times a week, and so we hear all these goddamn stories yeah. from from Rose, and it's just like, oh, we don't care. But with this one, this one's great, where she's setting up some ridiculous story. I wasn't even following it, and then Dorothy, in an awesome Dorothy screaming line, says, "Get out, get out," <laughs> and it's just sort of like. You wait for those moments with Dorothy when she hits Rose on the head with a newspaper or, like, yeah. she's screaming, get out. It's there is, like, in there, there's sort of a level of violence and mm-hmm. anger mm-hmm. in those Dorothy lines that I, it is funny when it gets played for a laugh. Like, yeah. it is funny, but it, she is really upset. Yeah. And it seems sort of, I don't know, like, the two, like, it seems sort of antithetical to, like, Oh, good she's word. not trying to like fire. <laughs> she's not trying to file any of the edges off how she's feeling toward Blanche. It seems like it's not like the classic like sort of I'm frustrated, but yeah. you know I yeah. still love you. It seems like it's just you know what I don't fucking like you right now. <laughs> Get out of this room. Yeah, that's, and, but then there's still like the audience going ha 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 because it's so Dorothy. It's and that's where she gets back into character. I think where like this yeah. is something. This is how she would naturally react to Rose yeah. doing something ridiculous. Rose leaves the room. 
But as she's leaving, she smashes the door into Sophia's face. Mm-hmm. Sophia was apparently Big listening. Big reveal. Big reveal. The end of this episode sucks so much. Yeah. I do not like the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, which I hate to say because, like, love. But... Uh, she so do, Sophia was listening at the door. Mm-hmm. Rose comes in, and there was something. Um, the classic sitcom was listening at the door. Yeah, so Sophia's listening at the door. She comes in. She hit her nose or whatever, and then Sophia says something, and then Dorothy says something in response. I forget what it was, and then Rose just says, "That's what the crow said," and then Dorothy then screams again, "Get out!" Yeah, <laughs> it's just it was like an awesome callback to that moment that brought you back into it. You know yes. what I mean? But then now's the cop out where Dorothy didn't actually have to say anything to Sophia. Yeah. Sophia just overheard it. There was a part of me that like, and I know like, I don't want to be like the fucking, uh, like the realism hawk or whatever, yeah. but there was that part of me that was like, of all the things that Dorothy or that Sophia would have said, how was that actually what the crow said. Yeah. Like, of all the possible <laughs> fucking sentences from this cartoon from 40 or 50 the fucking years ago. Hog. The realism hog. I was like, come the fuck. I, like, sat back in my chair and was like, well, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but, like, there, were, there was, like, that moment I was like, all right, okay. The end of this episode warrants you being that guy. Okay, yes, yeah. I thank you. Because, because it does, because it shifts into, we, like, do it, it's like a, it's like a weird dissolve into the next scene where mm-hmm. they dissolve, where Sophia's in the room packing for something. She's, she got invited to something, and Dorothy comes in to talk to her about you heard what was happening. You heard everything. Mm-hmm. Blah. And and Sophia's just being very honest and like what a mother probably would do in that, like, no, I understand. Go be with your man. You've, you've, you've kids had, I've had fun with you, but you've kids had enough of me. Yeah. Go do your own thing. And, so, and Dorothy, being a dumbass, is like... You're lying. You're lying. I'm yeah. not going to go. You're lying. While Sophia's packing for a trip, she thinks Sophia's doing it I all as a ruse. I bet Dorothy didn't even like Raymond. What she if that's it? She probably just did. She what was if like, that's it? Oh, good. I never have to be alone with this dude. Yeah. That breakup was so very smooth. She was just yeah. like, oh, I guess so. Talk yeah. to you later. I I I I really did think that it was going to, like, she was packing. I really did think it was going to break into... You don't have to put this on. Yeah, like, they, like I really did oh, think so that Sophia was lying. Oh. Interesting. I bought into the idea that Sophia was lying. Really? And that it was like, yeah, like don't do this. Like, no, let's actually talk and be honest about what's going on. You yeah. are dealing with something. Yes, I do need privacy, but I didn't. I thought it was really weird how everybody dealt with the thing from then on. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, it does. You're right. I re- I thought but it was I just knew e- she was really going on a trip. Because Sophia kind of always wins. And yeah, it always true. ends with Sophia on a high note and Dorothy on a low note. Well, and I also was kind of like, Dorothy's being a dumbass here. Go, go on the trip. Go to the Bahamas with your boyfriend. Like, yes. what is your problem? Like, why? Oh. She's telling you it's okay in the best ways possible. She said, I had fun with you guys, but now it's time for me to go find my own friends. Yeah, like, maybe Dorothy didn't like that guy. I guess. I, but I, I could see, that. see her fighting it by being like, no, because you're telling me that it's yeah. okay because mm-hmm. you found these other friends and you're going on a vacation, but that isn't true. Yeah. And that's really thought really like, so I could see why Dorothy would keep fighting it because it still seems like denial that all her friends are dying and they carry like, it. And she's denying her own death by packing that suitcase. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's over fucking analyze this. Metaphor. 
Yeah, no, no, so I really did. Like, I bought why Dorothy would keep fighting it, even in spite of well, her she saying, does. keep going. She no, does go. into the next scene. Yeah. She, where, so, the, you know, she just says, okay, Ma, and just doesn't believe her and closes the door. And then we we're, we're met Raymond and Dorothy sort of talking and Raymond trying to convince her to come and, you know. They're Dor- broken and, up. Yeah, they basically break up. She's He's like, you're a horrible girlfriend. And... And a great she's like daughter. a great, but a great daughter, which is sweet, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'll call you in a couple of weeks, but I, I think we need to stop yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of took it. Yeah. She was like, like, okay, this is what made me be like, fuck you, Raymond. Yeah. Like he wasn't well, also kind of like, don't be a dumbass, Dorothy. Like they were both, they both sucked. They both like, in neither, this situation, not, they like both, it was very yeah. weird. They weren't meant to be together. No. I'm not trying to defend Raymond. I think that I'm not trying to defend Raymond. I think that I think that it is sort of dumb to put a whatever like a like it's sweet that he said you're a fantastic daughter, but maybe yeah. not a great girlfriend. I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's ever appropriate for somebody to put an ultimatum on something yeah. like that. Yeah. But there was a thing of like uh, like if you were if this were to be the rest of the time, like rest like, of our lives, like the yeah. rest of our lives, or just this thing of like if we were like story wise dealing with like this long, I could see him being like, "You are putting like this relationship over here yeah. is a wall between us." Yeah. And so I understand. I mean, ultimately, I'm not saying that like Raymond was like a great character, and I want to see more of him. <laughs> but like, I understand. Yeah. You don't being want like, the Raymond spinoff called "Everybody Loves Raymond." <laughs> 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 That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Phil Rosenthal. Phil Rosenthal. Come <laughs> no, to the table. No. I mean, it was you know bad. What Dorothy, you had like yeah. that's the type of thing where if I was like a dear Abby, whatever, yeah. dear Gabby, I would say like you got to talk to your mom and not yeah, be yeah. And also like don't let it ruin your life. Don't let it ruin your relationship. Yeah, it, it seemed like it seemed like, and then by the time it wraps up, and I don't know if you want to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what happens is so Raymond leaves because Dorothy's being a dumbass, and then um, and then uh, Sophia comes out and she's like, I don't know why. They're they're an hour late, and then Ro- Dorothy's all like, "Come on, you're not give it up, give it up." And she's like, "No, no, I'm serious." And then Rose and Blanche come in, and both of them. This is how they had to end this fucking B story. Right. Rose and Blanche come in and are like, "We lost in a in a in a landslide. We were just clobbered." And because calling back to an earlier joke where Rose says to Blanche, um, "I don't know how you think you're going to win. Everyone on the committee is a woman. You can't sleep with any of them." Mm-hmm. And then Blanche is all like, "All of them." Well, this calls the which end. I was like, she could. I mean, she could. She could have some fatch party, Whatever. and so she uh, at the end of the episode, Rose or Blanche, one of them says, you know, the woman who won Fifi. What was her name? Fifi Bozier. Bozier. Sure. Um, she's Fifi married. Fucking bougie. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Fifi. Uh, she is married to one of the most prominent plastic surgeons in Miami, and offered oh. everyone on the committee half off liposuction for each cheek. Um, and that's how they lost in a landslide. That story and now they're is friends killed, and, and they're back to being friends. And don't talk about their competitive issues. No, right. <laughs> how they should probably communicate rather than being competitive. And then uh, the man, a man, a really cute, older, adorable old man, comes over and says, "Sorry, we're late. We we're old." And <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> Sophia's like, "Okay, I'm going to Cancun. Cancun. I think she's, she's going, going to Cancun." To, yeah. Um, and Dorothy's genuinely surprised, and re- Sophia just ends it on a really sort of genuine note where she was like, "You didn't believe me. I told you. I had fun with you guys. Like it was a great time. But it's I need to go make my own friends. I got a life to lead." Yeah. And meanwhile, I, now I Dorothy's at home on the couch, not the, having sex with Raymond with these two competitive. 
dumbasses. I really just think it all wrapped up in like the weirdest way, Very and like, yeah. nobody really got what they wanted. No, there was oh well, well Sophia kind of did. She, Sophia she went on a vacation, did, but it still feels like. It still feels like that all should have been a lie. It felt yeah. like a, it felt like some sort of weird cop out for that to actually be true. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Raymond should have been more okay with Dorothy being sensitive toward her mother, but Dorothy yeah. should have also been more forceful. I don't know. Like yeah. I really like maybe like, Sophia leaves and then Raymond comes back and is like, "I forgot my coat," and then. Dorothy's like, I'll come with you. Yeah. Oh, that's my rewrite. Oh, that would be yeah. nice. I would see. I would have liked it if Dorothy then, uh, as soon as Sophia left, would have rushed right, and Rose yeah. and Blanche would have been like, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "I gotta call Raymond." Right. And you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, she really just shuts the door and is kind of okay yeah. with all yeah. of it. Which maybe it was because she didn't really ultimately like Raymond. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Also gay, probably. Just my theory. Just I feel my like, theory. I feel like every time I go into therapy, it always, like, by the end of the fucking 50 minutes or whatever, you always just get back to this thing where somebody's like, you know, it's just better if you communicate. And it's like, fuck, why are we, why, why do every fucking other week or every week or whatever the fuck we come in here and this costs too much money for all of it to just be, yes. I guess we better communicate. But that's always the fucking answer. And so I yeah. look at this episode as sort of like an encapsulation of that, of just like, you know, if you guys have communicated, but then like there no comedy or no sitcom would ever exist. I yeah. sincerely yeah. thought that you were gonna say, why is it every time I go to therapy, I just spend 50 minutes and then the guy's like, You're probably gay. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> You're probably that's literally what I thought <laughs> you too. Just, <laughs> you've just sat here and shouted about the Golden Girls for 50 minutes. Dude, you you're really gay. need to fucking you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> you're gay. And then you can't you're stop like, talking wow, about House was, of Blues leather yeah. party. <laughs> that was worth the money. You're right. You're right. Wow. That's um, and that was the episode. That's that's the episode. Yeah. I wonder a, a filler. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I wonder if yes. that this actor, the guy that played Raymond, that mm-hmm. there was something because there was something off-putting about it. He's and creepy. This, this is going to get into gender politics of the 1980s. Please, Gabby, something I think you will love. <laughs> Do you think that it was hard if that is that successful of a show mm-hmm. at that time? Like all these guys, like the Golden Girls, is that successful of a show? So these guys coming in have been, I mean, just living like the man's dream for, for decades and decades. They've always been higher in status. Yeah. And then they come in oh, as a guest star, low status to a bunch of like to older women. And yeah. they're like, so like I can imagine in like the gender politics of Hollywood in the eighties that this guy's coming in and just being like, oh, fuck this. I got to fuck these broads over here. Number one, number two show. Fuck, I could do better. You know, I like two I, questions. Uh, yeah. one, how do you treat the guest stars on Veep? And, <laughs> oh, two, great. and two is, uh, I like that you're writing golden girl fan fiction. <laughs> I, I would love that. You no, should. I think that I'm saying that like that they like the women in the show were probably fantastic. I'm saying this guy's own issues yeah, coming yeah. in being like yeah. he's like everywhere I go well, I'm see, number one on the call sheet and here I'm like I've got to play second fiddle to all the like that that might have lent. It was a very interesting. It was the only show that had like all, all those women. All yeah. women. Yeah. yeah. But 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 I will say we've we've had like other people who've been on the show like guest stars uh, that have been trying writers from the show and it was a ma- very male centric set. 
There what? Were, was, oh, the yeah. writers were mostly men. But it was, yeah. it was showrunned by a woman, right? She a was, woman, She right? was never there, though. Susan Harris. She created the show, but after the first episode, she was gone. Um, and she came back for a couple of things, but she never worked. She had chronic fatigue syndrome. I know. I, she, there was she, a two-part episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was it, the... And even, even like, one of the writers from the first season, I mean, they were the only... There was only, like, one gay writer on the show. I mean, literally, it was what? a very straight, male-centric set, like most television shows probably yeah. were in the 80s. And the... The only people who were driving the show just happened to be the stars of the show, oh. which you know was wow. all women. So I I don't think I don't think he came in feeling that because I feel like in some way like he probably got coddled a little bit. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Interesting. I think there was a little like this is a this is a hit show. You're getting a lot of exposure. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. And there, I, I think there was a lot of that happening with it. And by it prob- season three, they're making good money. Oh yeah, they have but, to be. I mean, and even back then, I almost feel like from the beginning, it's sort of like different now that like, like they would have probably been doing pretty well right off the bat, and then once it's yeah. a hit, it just gets better. Because yeah, back then it was like there were only four places. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and then it went into syndication real quick. Wow. And so like. That's can syndication you, money. Can you imagine Ugh. the estates of... Guys, my dream right now is that I get cast on a procedural and then I'm on it for 10 years. Oh, wow. That's because we, that is a stable paycheck. Yeah. But, like, there is that thing. Like, like the people... Like, I've talked to people about, like, that sort of golden handcuffs thing. Yeah. Oh. Just, like, it takes up... You literally have no life outside of it. You can't do anything else. You can't, there's no time. Like, you have three or four weeks off. Yeah. And all of your time is spent, like, That's why the like, people that do Criminal Minds, like, they haven't done anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's why also, like, they go crazy because they're just given, like, millions of dollars. And no and they, time. And no time. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. All I want I is guess. for my book to be published and to be staffed on a show. Those are the only two. I don't know. I actually don't even no, care about money. No, we're not talking about real goals. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, is that not your real goal? You said it very convincingly. Yeah, I, I believed mean, you. Part of me, I fantasize about it as like a, as like a, oh, how stable that would be yeah. for me yeah. to have. Like yeah. I fantasize about like, oh, what house would I get at season five of my procedural? <laughs> like I get very yeah. like, like I imagine myself getting cast. When you as say like, procedural, will you explain that to the listeners. Here's what I'm picturing. It's kind of, it's probably like a criminal. Mi- oh, your buddy Griffin Newman and I have talked about that we want to be on I a procedural. I love Griffin. Yeah, that we want to be on a procedural where I'm the like quirky girl who does the autopsies and yeah. he's like the weird tech guy and we're both the people on the show that never leave the office the tent, yeah. right? so that we never have to do like, like the stunts or like any of the dirty stuff we're like just never the, a night shoot yes yeah but we're on the show for 10 years and like fan faves but like we oh, wow. never leave the office set wait griffin just got cast as on the tick on right? the tick yeah so exciting yeah so he's busy he can't do my procedural but it's fine. <laughs> so it's fine but like yeah i'm like and i would be so good as like the weird girl that does the autopsy so yeah. he, like makes jokes about like I found gum in his dick guess that was one <laughs> sticky situation you know what i mean like i would kill at that found gum in his dick that's, they always, they always. I think I want to name this episode "Found Gum in no, His Dick." No, that's just. I'm trying to think of the weirdest because on those shows, it's always like they got fucked in the ear. Like it's crazy yeah. shit. Always. I had a, I, <laughs> what? This weekend, I was, I was, I, I was. There's this, there's this strip club in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, Bible Belt, all male nude strip club, gay, and it's so random that it exists amongst mega churches and stuff. And the, a, a guy came up to me and put his dick in my ear. Was this for an article? Really? Yeah. It was he was one of the strippers. Yes, it was for an article. 
What are yeah. you? Are you selling your safety and life I'm, for I'm these making, articles? No, I'm making money while I wait to be stabbed. <laughs> no, I know, but I just think you're putting yourself in dangerous situations. Oh, yeah. But they're fun, though. I mean, think about it. Like, there's people reading that shit. How did like, you know about the sex party? Uh, the... Uh, how did I know? They must advertise. Yeah. But like, it, it was can't like a, all be. It's like a thing. Work. I mean, it was like a thing amongst gay people. You know what I mean? Like, you hear it and it's not. Yeah, we get the newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. have to, like, do you have to, like, is there, like, a password? Basically, what no, is the password? There's no hey, password. Alan, tell me the password. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just pay the, you pay the whatever. It's like a door fee. And you get an invite. And, like, that's sort of it. Yeah. See, this is what I didn't realize. But when you first talked about it, I didn't realize it was a gay sex party. So yeah. I was like, oh, how did you get in? Like, did you bring two girls? Like, you always need to, like, bring, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's, like, a currency of, like, bringing women to men. So yeah. I was like, what did you do to get in? But then when you said it was a gay one, I was like, oh, they just were like, welcome one and all. <laughs> yes. Come, yes. you know. All the dicks out. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More so welcoming. at the end of every podcast, okay. we do a golden takeaway. It's a mm. nugget of truth or inspiration that you can take from the episode and apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. I'll start so you have sort of an idea of, okay. of what, what we do here. My golden takeaway from this episode is I don't think I would ever date someone who actively golfs. I think that that would, that would probably bother me. You know Are what you I mean? Are you negging Tim? No, I'm not. I'm just Dude. saying, I'm just, wow. I'm just saying that like. Are you negging, are you negging Garrett? I'm just saying. Oh. But a golfing thing, there's like there's such a history of racism and of sort of like privilege behind sure. it that I find it being whenever I'm around a golf course. And my grandmother, I grew up like my grandmother owned a golf course. She was a pro golfer later yeah. in life. Like I know golfing, but I've always felt uncomfortable because even at her golf course, there were never any black people. There were never any like nothing, oh. and so I've always felt very thing, yes. uncomfortable about it. Um, but is so, it fun, isn't it fun that the person who's the best at it is black? Yeah, that is kind of fun. It is fun to think about. Yeah. Anyway. But that's my golden takeaway. I wouldn't date anyone who golfs. Yeah. My Gabby? golden takeaway is that you should learn how to communicate. Mm. And that you should really uh, talk to your mother and tell your mother what's wrong. And also, um, I learned that if I want to write for a TV show, I could just think of a thing that happens and then think of a character and then just put them together. Boom. Boom. Very a very easy filler A story B story. I guess every episode can't be a winner. <laughs> That's true. Tim, what's your goal? <laughs> That's a pretty good takeaway. Like, I like that. Just keep trying. They all can't be winners. Yeah. You got to keep doing it. Some are going to be better than others. Just keep going on. Yeah. Some yeah. shows have twenty-two episodes and they're okay, and yeah. some have ten episodes and they're good. That's all. <laughs> like Veep. Yeah. We won an Emmy. Yeah. Uh, I think my golden takeaway would be the communication one. Mm. Would be like that. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, (laughs) if if my therapist listens to this, like, I get it. It's important to communicate. You know, if if you don't talk to the other people in your life about the things that are going on, nothing's ever going to get resolved. Uh, So there would be that. And I think also uh, is that um, a fear of death. Will, can make you a different person. Oh, interesting. I don't know. That one doesn't, that doesn't put it, that's not, that's, that's not as great of a bow as I would have liked on this one. No, but so it makes sense. I feel one. it. I feel it. Uh, if some, Again. If, yeah. If somebody, in, if somebody you know has. The fact that people has, were yeah. dying is a thing you made up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know how to tell you this, Gabby. People, like, they die 
all the time. Like, Name one person. <laughs> the former mayor of Toronto. He just Ooh, died too today. Too soon. I know he died today. He died today. Yeah. That's very soon. Of cancer. But now, you, now you're putting a date on yeah. this. Well, it's going out today. Release... This is going out tonight. Shut it's the going fuck out tonight? Up. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, it's going out. It might go out tomorrow morning, depending upon my target run. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I like that. I like that. Gabby, where what can people like well where can people follow you and what can they look for? Just like all over social media. Yeah. Um no You're uh, actually Google. Like your homepage say, is Google.com. Uh-huh. Much to Tim Chagrin. Uh, I'm quite popular on Instagram. So, uh, she puts up this bullshit. No, like this, no I'm just, no, I'm, I mean, it's mostly, Can I it's just like, say, okay. I mean, it's just, it like, honestly, half of it is just one of my most favorite things to do. Even if I enjoy the picture, it's like one of my most favorite things to do to just be like 10,000 people liked this. Yes. It's just like a sea of like queer teens being like, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Yes, mom slay. And then Tim being like, why did so many people like this? Yeah, <laughs> because it could be, it's like, it could be like an out, it could be blurry, it could be just boring, like it could be a boring picture of like 12,000 people. say about the picture we post from this? Yeah, also, my, my pictures are not boring. Not all of them, you do a lot of good stuff on there, but like some of them were benign. That? In the beginning them. of this, when you were like, oh, and he's also friends, I was like, are we friends? Most of our relationship is based around cyberbullying. Cyber I think, it's I think the listeners can see why I invited you <laughs> both. Wow, um, we really, I think that's kind of perfect. Would your advice um, be that we should communicate? We should communicate more? I think you should. I think I brought this. This was an intervention this episode. Uh, okay, so it really is my most favorite thing to do. But go on. At Gabby Road on Instagram <laughs> and also at Gabby Dunn on Twitter. And, and our YouTube show, youtube.com slash just between us show. It's super great, guys. It's I, like if Rose I'm sorry and Blanche I couldn't had be a vlog. there that day. <laughs> you, you texted me and you asked me to come to, what was it, the Grove? I think it was. Oh, yeah, for a you shoot. come for sorry a shoot. I and there. then I also tried to get you to hang out with a bunch of us gays in West Hollywood. When? When was that? Did I think I, we, we had never planned that. We oh, need to plan that. Right. We need to plan a gay moment. Yes. You're invited, Tim. Um, Absolutely. Tim, where can it's people follow you? And of course, well, I mean, besides the boss and Veep, what, what's going on with you? I, uh, I am at Timothy C. Simons at, on both Twitter and Instagram. I it's like, have, okay. It's like an okay social it's media fine. presence. <laughs> it's fine. Cyber. But now you're just in-person <laughs> bullying. This is just straight <laughs> bullying. It gets better. I... Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm also on Snapchat, although I never do it. Um, never. What's the other one? I think on Facebook, I'm probably there. <laughs> um, I have like my personal one is a fake name, but I, there is like a public one. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. You could go to any of those. Although I'm, I think I'm going to be taking a really long Twitter break coming up. Like oh, after yeah. the season, I think I'm going to take like a four or five month Twitter break for like a mental health. I think for mental health, yeah. I think that's good. I think just because like that. I will will do the thing where I'll sit there and I will just yeah. refresh it and I'll be like, oh, nothing's happening, but something Gabby will happen in a minute. Gabby hasn't said something dumb today for me to troll her about. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's for my benefit and ultimately yeah. your cyber bully is going to take a break, so it's going to be great. <laughs> so those are the two things. Timothy C. Simons Everyone on basically follow. everything. And when does the new season start? April 24th. Yay. And and the boss comes out April 8th? Yeah, I think I, I saw a post for it early April. So awesome. I am H. Allen Scott. You can follow H. Allen Scott on everything. And this is a HeadGum podcast. Um, definitely go to HeadGum.com and check out all the fun stuff. And also go to OutOnTheLanai.com to see all the great stuff that we're doing. And also like our Facebook page and our new Twitter account. It's Golden Girls Pod. 
I, I didn't. I was shocked that that was available. Um, we resisted joining Twitter for a long time. But out on the Lanai wasn't out on out on the Lanai was available. But it was too long for Twitter yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So we Got just it. did Golden Girls Pod. Um, yeah, I know and, all the things about Twitter. Yes, yes, you, cool, cool, cool. you understand. Uh, but yeah, definitely go and follow those things. And guys, thanks so much for listening. Stay golden. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>